Welcome to the It's Okay to Be Awesome podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca and Anne. Last episode, we talked about beliefs. We saw how the beliefs we form about ourselves or are given from others can have a huge impact on who we become. In this episode, we are going to put the microscope on society's beliefs about who we are supposed to be and explore topics like beauty, perfectionism, and popularity. So get excited. To introduce this concept in the funnest way possible, we have a story for you. Because stories are awesome, and awesome is how we roll. Once upon a time, there was a unicorn named Glenn. When Glenn was a young unicorn, he was exceptional. At the time, he lived with his parents in the forest, where he would spend his days frolicking in the sun and caring for the creatures and plants. He loved to be around the flowers, the trees, the forest creatures, and the birds. Caring for them made him feel happy and at home. But one day, Glenn's fathers, Danny and Nickers, told him that they had to leave the forest and move to the city. Glenn was dismayed. But his dads encouraged him to embrace change and keep an open mind. His new school in the city was 80% reptilian, with a reptilian way of life and reptilian norms. Reptilians were highly intelligent perfectionists who liked to live life by the book. They were very uptight and very controlling. For example, the reptiles walked very slowly, so everyone else was expected to move at a snail's pace through the halls. Reptilians also only wore green and gray, so Glenn got rid of all his colorful outfits and dyed his beautiful rainbow hair gray to fit in. As Glenn kept changing to fit their world, something strange started to happen. He started to get stiff. It wasn't much at the beginning, barely even noticeable, but after he started eating only flies for lunch like the reptiles and hiding his unicorn flair, he noticed that his fingers and toes started turning to stone. He was losing his essence and magic. His dads even commented that his eyes looked dimmer. One day, his favorite teacher, Mrs. Elabella, took him aside to talk to him. Being an elephant herself, she told him about how hard it was for her to adapt when she moved to the school. She had tried to do everything like the reptilians and ended up feeling stiff and losing part of her essence too. When her legs started turning to stone, she knew something had to change. So she meditated on it and realized that just because she lived in this new society with this reptilian lifestyle, it didn't mean she had to follow anything that wasn't right for her. She didn't have to be like everyone else and do what everyone else was doing. She was her unique self, and she was born that way for a reason. So she threw out her green and gray blazers and let her big ears out of the hat she'd been wearing to cover them up. And she started to make decisions that made her happy, like reading the kinds of books she wanted to and eating the foods that she loved and even singing in the shower again. As soon as she did, she started to feel lighter and like she got her sparkle back. Glenn took all this information in and felt a great sense of relief wash over him. This meant that he could just be himself again. He realized that he was enough just as he was, 
and this knowing allowed him to accept himself and love himself. Slowly but surely, Glenn began following his heart more rather than the crowd, and in time, he was able to live his life from a place of authenticity, showing up as his true self, and the more he accepted himself, the more others accepted him, including the reptilians, rainbow hair, force flare, and all. Even though it's just a story, it's really similar to what happens in our own society. In some ways, it happens to all of us. You see, like a baby unicorn, we are all born completely sparkling, authentic, and full of potential. But as time goes by, we are introduced to ways of being that society has created. Ways that dictate what a person should look like, how they should act, what they should do, to be a so-called good person. Sometimes we're even told things about ourselves that aren't true. Like, you aren't smart enough to do that. Or, you can't dream because it won't come true. Or, you need to spend your time doing this. It's almost like someone else makes the rules about what we are allowed to do and who we are allowed to be. And then we are judged by this standard. And we're raised to consider how we fit in more than how we feel. As this continues, our own individual desires, dreams, and sparkles start to dim. We start to live like everyone else, and because we can't feel our sparkle anymore, we start to look for it outside of ourselves. We try to find it in our jobs, our relationships, our hobbies, our trips and parties, but it isn't out there. Some people try so hard to find themselves by looking outside of themselves that they even get sick. They give or do too much and burn themselves out. But here's the thing. Our sparkle is what makes us feel alive. It's our unique essence. It can only live in us. So instead of losing our sparkle and then spending our whole life looking for it and letting that quest define our life, we want to help you access that sparkle, your essence, so that you can live a life led by it. And the cool thing is, you can start today. You don't have to wait until you're an adult like Rebecca and I, or like so many other people do. You can apply this to your life now. For example, you may be noticing you want to be liked by certain people. Moving into adolescence is a time when who you decide to follow and what path you decide to take can help you experience either more or less of who you really are. If you choose wisely, in alignment with your heart and yourself, you will experience more authentic happiness. However, if you choose based on the opinions of others and the need to be liked, you may experience less authentic happiness. So give yourself permission to explore things that interest and matter to you. You are exactly what you are supposed to be and nothing you are not. And we are here to help you approve of and like yourself now so you can follow your light and attract friendships that are authentic and real and so that you can enjoy growing up. Now we're going to look at how societal beliefs impact us in obvious and not-so-obvious ways. That way we can be on the lookout for those beliefs and save ourselves from adopting any beliefs that aren't beneficial for us. Let's examine three beliefs that are related to success in Western culture. Number one, how you look. In our culture, we're shown a certain image of beauty. We're bombarded by pictures of models who are certain weights, certain body types, who have certain colors of hair, certain complexions, racial backgrounds, who are created to personify what the perfect person 
or what someone who is truly happy looks like. And they do look happy and confident. They look like they have what everyone wants. There are a few glaring problems here, though. The first is, they're not real. Those models are made up and posed and airbrushed. They're tilted and carefully placed into clothing. They don't live in that mansion or have that gorgeous model partner. They're actually real-life people who have the same real-life issues many of us face. A second problem is the expectation that very different body types should look the same, which, first of all, is physically impossible because some of us are shorter, have wider shoulders or hips, or have larger hands, feet, ears, etc. And secondly, this expectation can lead to some serious health issues, both physical and mental. Let's look at both women and men's fascination with being a certain weight. Disordered eating is one of the biggest problems affecting people, not only youth in our culture. Because we're programmed to believe that we have to be a certain size to be beautiful, lovable, or likable, so many of us harm our bodies, which are meant to be our own individual ways of seeing, touching, exploring, and enjoying this life, the very structures that work so hard to keep us alive. Some people see themselves as flawed instead of realizing that their body is truly resilient, strong, capable, and intelligent. They forget that the standard they're hurting themselves over was just an idea someone had one day that a lot of people over time agreed on. You can see this because what is beautiful is actually not the same in each culture. Some cultures celebrate being tanned, while others feel that being fair-skinned reflects more beauty. Some cultures worship larger, more full bodies, while others don't. For example, in sumo culture, the bigger the man, the more attractive. But what is attractive differs from person to person just as much as it does from place to place. The other day, I was talking with a friend about how my body doesn't look like I want it to look, and I was feeling bad about it because it has too much extra weight. My friend said, Are you trying to say that you aren't attractive? After I thought about it and said, yes, he said, well, who said you're not attractive? Followed by the brilliant question, are they allowed to be wrong? He helped me to understand that even a societal opinion on what looks attractive is still just that, an opinion. Ultimately, we try to look a certain way because we think it will make us happy. But if we can't see our own beauty, the beauty that is already there, we will never be happy with who and where we are. So the goal isn't to look beautiful. The goal is to feel your own beauty. And your beauty is different than anyone else's beauty. Your beauty is based on more than just how you look. Your beauty is based on the fact that you can move, you can taste, you can experience, that you can speak, hear. And even if you don't have all of your senses, you are unique in your own intelligent design and creation. You are a work of art. Here's a challenge for you. Give the things that you don't like about yourself positive attention and love instead of condemnation and shame for one whole week. Then notice if you start to see yourself differently. If we don't like what we are seeing, then we must change the way we are looking. So I have a French nose like my dad, and I never liked my nose. I thought it was too big and hooked. I would look at other women with cute little button noses and wish for one. However, as I started doing inner work on myself in my 20s, I started to see myself differently. I started to embrace the parts I used to reject about my body. I repeated daily affirmations like, I love and accept myself exactly as I am. 
Then one day, I saw a profile photograph of myself, and there was my nose. Long, curved, and unique. A tremble nose. My nose. And suddenly, I decided to love it. I love my nose, I yelled out loud to myself. I stroked my nose and just felt this grandiose feeling of contentment. This was my nose, and I now loved it. Loving my imperfect parts brought me a huge sense of relief, followed by excitement. When you're in a place where you can see your own beauty, you will see beauty in everything and everyone else too. So let's explore another way we're influenced by our society and then decide whether or not that's what we want going forward. Our society has a huge influence on how we act because we're constantly seeking to be liked and approved of by others. We actually have a need to be approved of and liked. It's in our DNA. We're programmed to long for community because when the human species was evolving, larger numbers ensured protection and more resources. Having other people around ensured survival. In nomadic cultures, people would actually die if they were shunned or left behind by their community. But we're not hunter-gatherers anymore, and at this point, approval doesn't help us survive. It can actually make life more difficult. When we're looking for other people's approval, we're basing our self-worth on other people's opinions. One major problem with this, while we hustle to be liked, to read the room, and to do and say the right things, it's all for nothing. You see, the fact is that the way other people see you has nothing to do with you. They actually aren't even seeing you. They're seeing themselves. We'll definitely explore this in more depth soon, so get excited. And until then, just imagine. You see, while we think that acting a certain way will make people like or love us, in truth, the only way we'll actually feel love is when we approve and genuinely love ourselves. Because a lot of pain comes from us trying to belong, it's time for us to try to belong with ourselves. When we shift the focus from caring about what others think to what we think, we actually get to know and love ourselves. When we listen to ourselves, we can hear what matters to us. We can hear the little voice inside that says, I like this or I don't like this. I want to do this or I don't want to do this. This feels right or this doesn't. That voice is speaking to us. It's our guide. Following it will lead us to what we truly want and to who we truly are. Sometimes our inner knowing can be easy to decipher, but sometimes our inner knowing shows up in a different way. Sometimes it shows up like feeling uneasy, frustrated, or overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel it in our body. Not acknowledging or expressing what we're thinking or feeling can sometimes show up like a lump in our throat or feeling constriction in our chest or a tightness in our belly. When our body doesn't want to do something, it tells us before our mind does. Our body loves us and wants to keep us safe. When we listen to it and care for it, we see ourselves as important. And that's self-love. Knowing what you like and who you are is extremely important and freeing. It allows you to speak your truth. Speaking your truth is a huge form of self-love because it means you get to say what you are feeling, you get to share your valuable opinions, and you feel expressed. When you are not muting yourself constantly, always reading the room to please others and afraid of fitting in, you feel much better. Sometimes speaking your truth means saying no. It means being okay if your authentic feelings or decisions don't sit well with everyone. Because ultimately, you can't control anyone else's feelings but yours. 
It goes beyond speaking, too. It's acting your truth. Do you really want to be on the hockey team, or are you just doing it to please your best friend? When you honor yourself, you feel a sense of importance, confidence, and inner satisfaction. You also grow up doing things that you actually enjoy doing. Oh, and you will attract groups and people who you actually enjoy. Have you ever heard the statement, your vibe attracts your tribe? Essentially what it means is, you attract people with similar energy to you. So when you listen to yourself and do what you authentically love, you will attract people with similar interests who will be a real fit for you. Authentic friendships with the same common interests is one of the best gifts you can give to yourself. They lead to deeper, richer connections, lots of support, and love. Listening to yourself saves you a world of confusion and pain. Often, if you're trying to fit in, you may think something is wrong with you if you don't like the way your friends are behaving. Or comparing yourself to people that you have little in common with, you may even think you're uncool or have bad style. But the truth is, you are you. Wanting to fit in leads us to another very important topic, popularity. Who we hang out with, how our friends and peers see us, is so important in the school environment that many people spend a lot of time and energy thinking about it. It can make or break a school experience. As a matter of fact, a lot of adults, when asked to describe their high school experience, will start by telling you if they were popular or not. It sticks out in everyone's experience and memory. Just like models on Instagram, often people think that the popular people are someone to strive to be. They have the good clothes, the looks, the sports skills. We can see people and think they have it all together, but in truth, people are people. All people have struggles, weaknesses, make mistakes, and must learn so they can grow. Often the people who seem so confident really aren't, especially if they're people who put others down. Often those people are actually really insecure. Either they don't know who they are, or they're afraid to be themselves, so they join a group that will make them feel powerful and liked. But if they aren't exploring and embracing their own individuality, they can never really know or like themselves. Being afraid of anything different means being afraid of themselves, because everyone truly is different. So what if instead of being popular, this next generation strives to be authentic? That way we can have compassion that we are all unique, all different, and all learning who we are, and we can all learn to love ourselves. We are already amazing, important, unique, and lovable. We don't need to impress people to find out this truth. We just need to remember and remind ourselves if we forget. Finally, our culture is very achievement-driven, so let's finish by exploring how that impacts us. While some cultures tend to focus on meeting basic needs, prioritizing quality time with their loved ones, or working to live, the Western culture we live in tends to live to work and focuses heavily on achievement and success. And while this leads to many new discoveries and incredible experiences, living with these high expectations to always be living a high achievement life can actually be really exhausting and detrimental. Because we celebrate being the best at something as the most important thing to strive for, our culture has a huge fear of failure. Trying to be the best or perfect at something can lead to people being hard on themselves. Being hard on yourself can look like shaming and blaming yourself when something doesn't work out or when you make a mistake. 
It means being angry at ourselves when we think we should be somewhere better than where we are. And ultimately, it just leads to feeling low, sad, depressed, angry, and not good enough. But here's the truth. It's impossible for us to be a failure. Yes, the methods we try might fail to get the results we want, but we, the person doing the thing, cannot be a failure. It's impossible because we're potential. We're the living being that gets to try millions of things, millions of different ways if we want to. We're pure possibility with no limits. We're always creating from our words to our actions to our results. All we do is create and we can always change something we've created or we can always start again. Instead of being hard on ourselves, we need to remember that if we're trying something new, something we haven't done before, how can we expect to be good, let alone perfect at it? So why not try being kind and patient to ourselves instead? We have to remember that every day is different. Showing ourselves compassion and choosing to remember that all we want is to be happy will help us far more than being mean to ourselves. We also need to remember that we are always growing and that there is no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. And there also is no real destination point. No one thing we accomplish or experience will be where we stop. And even when we get our goal, life still has to evolve. We have to continue to grow. That is the truth for us and everyone else. Even the most successful person you can think of is still growing. In an interview, a Canadian actress named Anna Silk from Fredericton, New Brunswick, shared that she's always growing. It took her 10 years of working in the industry before she landed the lead role in a Canadian TV series called Lost Girl. But even then, she didn't decide that she'd made it as an actor and stopped there. No, she's still growing as an actor, and she still auditions for new roles and still practices her craft. So instead of jumping from A to B, why not enjoy the journey before the next one begins? It's time for Q&A. Here are some questions that were sent in by kids like you. Question number one. You said that we can't control anyone else's feelings but our own. But what if I do something wrong on purpose and my mom gets mad at me? Is it my fault she's upset? That's a wonderful question. I'm sure many people are asking the same thing. It's really common to hear, you made me feel, or when you did this, I got angry. And while it's helpful for someone to speak their truth about how they're feeling, the way people feel and interpret events is completely up to them. Let's break this down. Let's say you told a lie to your mother, which is something that you both felt was wrong. There are many ways your mother could react. She could be angry, sad, stressed, or neutral. She could react by yelling at you, by calmly expressing how the action made her feel, or by being compassionate and trying to help you understand how you could make a different choice next time. The way she reacts could be based on her core beliefs about the event or could be mainly based on her mood that day. Now, while you did not make her feel anything, this doesn't mean that you have no responsibility in this situation. You are responsible for how you feel. If you're upset with yourself, if you let yourself down, you can show yourself compassion. If the action was inspired by a desire to hurt someone else, you're responsible for being honest with yourself about why you wanted to do that. You're also responsible for the choice that you made and the results that followed. You have the responsibility to change your behavior so you can avoid a similar negative situation in the future. Question number two. When I try to speak my truth, 
My parents say I'm talking back. What should I do? Here are some ideas for you. First of all, make sure when you are speaking your truth, you are coming from truth. That is, make sure you're not just reacting to what was just said to you. Decisions made from anger always lead to more anger. This may mean that you have to notice if you're angry or upset and take a quick break to compose yourself. Going into your space and breathing deeply can help you lower your heart rate and calm down. When you're ready, focus on speaking from the heart. Be brave enough to acknowledge if you did something that you're not proud of and also admit how you're feeling. If your parents, or whoever you are speaking to, as this can apply to anyone, don't hear you or respond the way you'd like, that is okay. You can't control that. All you can control is saying what you need to say. Also, if there is no one around and you're feeling like you need to speak your truth, speak it to yourself. This itself is very beneficial because at the end of the day, speaking your truth to yourself helps you understand and learn more about yourself and makes you feel better. After all, you are the only one who can say what you need to say. It's time for life work. Question number one. I changed the way I looked at my nose, and then I changed how I saw it. Which part of your body can you look at differently? Question number two. In what areas of your life are you not being true to yourself? How can you show up more authentically? Question number three. When is a time you thought you failed? What did you learn? What could you do differently if you tried again? Question number four. What is something that makes you really happy? Take some time to write these answers down in a journal. You can always return to the podcast and press pause between each question. And there you have it. You have the power to create anything you want for your life. Thanks for joining us for this episode. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Anne. And remember, it's, it's okay, okay to be awesome. Sky's the limit and you only got a minute so you ain't gonna stop me now. Sky's the limit and you only got a minute so you ain't gonna stop me now. No way, no how.